The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Welcome again. I'm um, happy to be with you here tonight to explore this practice of raft. And as I said, I'd like to start by a guided meditation that um, to soften the heart and help us arrive. So, taking a moment to just check back in again with your posture, with your body. How is your body right now? How, if you could gauge how much of you you're giving your body to your chair, the weight, to the earth, to gravity. Is there ability to let go a little more, to sink a little deeper into your body at this moment, into your present moment experience? And noticing how you're relating to your body and its conditions right now. If there's a capacity to feel a sense of deep listening with care to the body. The language of the body is sensation. And the way it's heard is by our feeling, receiving those sensations, experiencing them. And when we come into contact with any experience that might feel difficult or painful, it's helpful to acknowledge that it's hard. And not to get too caught in that difficulty, but rather to say something like, yes, I feel you. May you be at ease. May you be well. And this can be true for emotions as well, as you're settling and noticing any emotional energies in the body. Emotions are felt in the body. This sort of kind scanning, welcoming, greeting, feeling, sensing into the whole body.
And after you feel like you've touched in or been touched by what you're sensing, I invite you to expand your awareness to include the whole body, residing, abiding. And maybe if there's any sense of ease or pleasantness, even a neutral energy, sort of allowing yourself to rest in that. Breathing in to the ease and allowing it to spread if it wishes. And breathing out, allowing any extra stress or tension to just drift away if, if it's so ready invitational. Breathing into a sense of well-being or ease. Sort of feeling it expand with that inhale. Kind of how the awareness and the, the attention with the breath can be a little bit like a support for it growing, this energy, this well-being. Kind of like an ember, when we blow on an ember, it glows just a little bit more. May I have well-being. May we all have well-being. May my well-being support the well-being of others.
May we all feel safe to be here and to be ourselves in this space and in the world. May we see the beauty in others and may they see the beauty in us. And for the last few minutes of the meditation, I invite you to relax back. Maybe feel the sensations of slowly lowering yourself into a warm bath. Just letting the body be buoyed the heart to be open to the beautiful sky and the mind to be content and at ease.
Steve, is the volume too loud? Is that why you moved out there? I just want to check because it feels loud and I can turn it down. I just want to make sure. Okay. Echoey. Okay, great. All right. Everybody else okay with the sound? Okay. Hi. <laughs> Welcome. The, we, I ran out of handouts, but there'll be. They are posted online um, on Audio Dharma when it's post. The talks posted. It will be in a series, and you'll be able to download the the, the two handouts. So. Um. So I thought I maybe I'd just start by talking a little bit about the, how raft as a practice came to be, um, and um, I don't actually know how long ago it was quite a, quite a while ago. Um, I was really trying to work with um, rain, the practice of rain. Anybody not know rain? Great. Okay. So rain is a practice that um, has been taught in the West for quite a while. Um, the original way it was um, designed was the it's an acronym like RAFT. So the first two are the same, although rain you'll often hear so recognize the R is always recognize. The A can be accept or allow. So um, often it'll be taught as accept in rain. And then um, the I in RAIN is investigate. And the original N in RAIN was not self. So non-identification with, with what's happening. Some years later, Tara Brock started to really incorporate teaching RAIN a lot. She teaches it a lot, and she uses it for everything, you know, and she um, added her her slant on it, which we keep the recognize, we keep accept. And her eye, she says, she adds investigate with intimacy, right? So right in the, in that that addition for me was um, part of what was hard for me when I was engaging in the practice is because this word investigation for me has. It's such an intellectual um, quality to it. And, and, and so for me, also invited a lot of an- analyzing. Um, and then Tara changed her version, is not non-identification or not self, but um, nourishment. How do we nourish ourselves? And for me... Um, That that invokes a self, actually, for me. You know, the, you know, it sort of invokes. How, what do I need to do to take care of myself? That can feel like a lot of constructing, or you know, and sometimes that's really what's needed. And by constructing, I mean, how do what do I have to do to take care of myself? Who do I need to talk to? Where do I need to go? Do I need to spend money? You know, like this sort of. It can be a lot of. My mind can get my mind. So this is me, right? Can get caught up in this nourishment that's on a level that's not very satisfying. And so I found that it it just like 
I could see the goodness in the practice, but I felt like I was it was setting me up for getting tripped up. And then I'd teach it to people, and I felt like they were getting tripped up. So I decided I, I wanted to find another acronym that would essentially kind of walk us through this practice, um, but in a way that evoked the experience that I think was intended to be evoked in each of these areas. And so I found Raft, and I loved that it was Raft, because the Buddha has a beautiful teaching about um, that incorporates this idea of a Raft. And he talks about um, somebody coming, you know, traveling through some difficult lands, and there's this raging water, and he needs to get to the other side of the water. Always he's, sorry. We'll say they. <laughs> they need to get to the other side. And, um, and the Buddha says, you know, if you need to get to the other side, there's no bridge, there's no boat, you know, what are you going to do? And essentially this r- raging water is kind of the forces in our life of greed, hatred, and delusion, right? There's so much energy in our lives that are around getting things or fighting with things or we have delusion. These forces carry us away from the present moment constantly. So the, the Buddha is using the simile of the river and getting carried away and how do we cross to the other side so that we're free from these forces. And the Buddha says, so what would you do, you know, fine person, what would you do? And he says, you pick up the sticks and, and you the leaves and the vines and you bind them together and you create a raft and then you paddle and kick like crazy to get to the other side. And essentially those, those leaves and sticks and, and the vines are the qualities of awareness, the skills that we can cultivate that create mindfulness. And that's essentially what raft is, is it's sort of walking us through and developing the qualities like vitaka and vichara. So vitaka is to aim your awareness, and that's recognizing what's happening. To aim, and then vichara is to sustain your attention with it, right? To stay with it. This is a, these are the first two factors necessary for deep concentration, for jhana practice. So we, you know, we're building our awareness. It's not just, mindfulness isn't just, you know, if you've noticed, there's different capacities of mindfulness. Sometimes our mindfulness is weak, sometimes it's strong, sometimes we have a lot of resilience, sometimes there's still some edginess in it. So actually, it's a constri- like warming the heart, you know, binding things together, putting all these different mental functionings together creates a raft. And that raft is mindfulness. And that mindfulness is something that, especially when life is intense, requires us to paddle and kick. At other times, we can rest back into it. Kind of like what I was doing with a guided meditation, inviting you, what's it like to just rest back a little bit? Like, let the body sink in and be held and buoyed by your awareness. And whether you connected with that or not, um, that that is a quality that can also arise as we cultivate our 
continuity of mindfulness. So recognize instead of accept, the idea is allow. Because it's pretty much easier to go with allowing something, even if you don't like it because it's already here, then maybe it is to accept what's happening. So it's sort of like, okay, it's a little like, little less demanding, let's say. A little bit more like, okay, this person sitting next to me, they're kind of smelly, but, you know, I can allow them to be there and it's okay, right? Like, I'm going to be okay. And, um, you know, and I use that the person is smelly because I'm kind of thinking like sometimes our feelings or what's going on is not very pleasant for us, right? It's a little bit unpleasant. But if it's already here, right, it's here. So we need to allow it to be here. So then the, the F in raft is to feel. So instead of this intellectual investigation, I'm actually inviting this sense of feeling it in the body, like finding it and feeling it. So one of the things that it does from a neuropsychological perspective is actually we're shifting awareness. We're shifting from our mental functioning into the experience of sensation, and we get out of the story if we're able to shift into that feeling and the sensations. And that actually, just that shifting can help open up new experience, new insight. Just that shifting away from the mental kind of thinking about to the experience. In addition, there's a lot of wisdom in the body. There's so much wisdom in the body, right? And things that we're not necessarily thinking about, but are happening. If we start tuning into the body, we might recognize a very simple thing like, oh, I'm really actually tired, or I'm really hungry, or I'm in pain. So it can help us sort of get a, a, like a sense, a bigger sense of what might be going on in any moment that needs our attention and care. Then my, my original raft, the T was trust. And for me, uh, trust ev- evokes the sense of non-identification. It evokes the sense of letting go. It evokes the sense of resting back and trusting the practice, trusting awareness. And so, um, and that's t- to me ultimately where I'm, I, I prefer to be when it comes to practice. When I'm working with things that are going on, um, like just finding this space where I can let go. Even if it's just for a little bit of trying to fix, of trying to change, trying to make it better. I just sort of like, okay, let me just take it in and, and just let go for a minute and see what happens here. So some years later, Gil, I had shown Gil my, 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 my raft. Some years later, he had forgot about my showing him his raft, and he came up with a raft. And his tea was trust, uh, no, I'm sorry, teas apart. And actually that brings back in the investigation, 
And it's really great. So now I have two T's on my raft, thanks to Gil. And um, so, and actually, to me, that teasing apart, sometimes it's not even necessary. Sometimes we don't need to tease anything apart. So, you, you know, all of these steps, some of them can take longer, some of them go quickly. It depends on what we're working with. So don't feel like you have to, like, labor in all of these steps, but rather see them as kind of a process. And that when we get stuck, maybe we, you know, in the, the, maybe when we're feeling things, if things continue and they aren't kind of resting, maybe it's like, okay, I think I need to kind of pull this apart a little bit. And by pull it apart, I shouldn't use that word because it's too active. It's more like teasing apart, allowing the yarn to come untangled, allowing whatever has come clear, like the fact, oh, I'm tired. So now that gets to be seen. It's not bundled up with the other emotions or thoughts that you are having. So I have this simile of a table as big as it needs to be with chairs, big and small, a room that's quite large, and that each piece that comes forward to me to be seen, that I recognize, I invited to have a seat in this space. Sometimes I don't need the space in the chairs because it's just so simple. But sometimes when there's a lot, it helps my mind rest a little bit. If I kind of give each thing its own place, its own place. And in this way, it's not so much of this digging investigation, but rather this sort of naming and recognizing and allowing all the pieces to have their own place. That it doesn't have to stay a big tangle. That each piece can have its own needs, its own representation, its own history. It could be a belief that takes a chair. It could be a memory that takes a chair. It could be... um, our, our fantasy future that takes a chair. All, there, anything that is get coming up in relationship to this practice can have space. So that's kind of the history um, of raft. And um, any anything that wasn't clear or you have any questions about? Caroline has the um, microphones. If anybody wants to ask a question, we are recording. No problem. If not, I'll just give you a second to feel in and see if there's anything that seems a little unclear. Yeah, great, Connie. Is the light, if you push it, it should push and hold and it should. Okay. Might be that the volume's not up loud enough. I think this one's working. Um, It sounds like you use the practice very often. When I think of rain or even raft, when I first heard of it, um, I was under the impression that I would probably use the practice for emotions that are really difficult or thoughts that won't go away. Um, when do you use the practice? Do you just use it for anything? Yeah, that's a great question. I think most prominently 
emotions and thoughts that were that are not moving. <laughs> um, but I've actually also used it when I taught the hindrances class um, to, to sort of work with the hindrance. And were you here for one of those? Would you say something about how it worked for you with the hindrance? Because I think you had you shared. Do you remember? I think you said something in that class that was. Um, no, you don't remember. No, it's okay. Okay. Um, but actually, it was like somebody... Another story I remember for somebody in the hindrances class was that we were working with sloth and torpor. And they were like... They started it by going, oh, no, doubt. They were We were working with doubt. And so she reported later that as soon as I invited them to connect with doubt, so recognize doubt, right? It's really recognize and allow... That applies to anything, everything, and I think even feel. Those those are like whatever's going on, right? And so she said later, "Ah, oh, this isn't going to work for doubt. This is ridiculous." And then she was like, "Oh, later on, I'm doubting. I'm doubting. I'm doubting my doubt. I'm doubting the practice and working with doubt." And so she was able to kind of recognize how doubt came up just in working with this practice. So I say that to say, I don't really think you need to exclude anything. You might not need to do a lot of teasing apart. And it's not like you have to do the practice. But essentially, what we, ha- we need to recognize what's going on. That's kind of an essential component of the practice is recognition. And then allowing is also essentially essential because if we essentially are trying to get rid of or make it grow, we are clinging and we are creating suffering for ourselves. And we're not allowing the truth of the moment to be experienced, to be seen. We're in conflict with it. So pretty much with mindfulness, we've got to be able to do these things. And then part of what helps me stay present is staying connected to the feeling aspect, to the sensations in the body. It's an anchor. It's a doorway, a gateway to the present moment. Always. Yeah. Would you mind using the mic so people on recorder can hear? Is naming an essential component of recognizing? Um, Naming can have, um, let's say, in a very broad way. So there needs to be some enough recognition of what's there. So you know how sometimes when you're in a conversation with somebody and you make eye contact and you go, oh, they get it, right? Right? Like, that can be enough. It's that sense of, I got it, I got you. I see you, you see me. It's that sense of, like... So the naming is, it's almost nonverbal. Um, but in other situations, you know, if somebody walks up to you um, and they're trying to get your attention, they need you to say hello. They, so it kind of depends on the visitor, whatever's the object of attention whatever's coming up. Some, in my experience, some objects, and maybe it's the object or maybe it's just the way my mind is at the moment, really, 
um, need a little bit more intensity, a little more clarity. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I don't want to say it, whatever it is, or I don't like it to be here, or or it's a, a foreign experience, even. And sometimes in those moments, it's the mind needs the clarity. The mind needs a little bit extra, kind of that name, that little, that little extra. Does that make sense? It does and it doesn't. Great. Um, in my experience, naming can both be a hindrance and an assistance. Mm-hmm. If one is dealing with a pre-verbal emotion, uh-huh. naming creates a barrier to actually feeling. Um, naming is also troublesome in that, like, a, like anger can be fifty different components to anger. Yeah. And in fact, just saying I'm angry isn't as helpful as really becoming very specific about what the anger really is. So I, it works both ways for me. Yep. Um, so that's why I was just curious as to your I, response. I do not disagree. I do not disagree. And discernment is required. Mm-hmm. Right? And part of the way we we find that answer is we pay attention to what happens as we engage. Right? Mm-hmm. So I completely agree. And I think the deeper states of meditation, there's less, it's mental hindrancing, like to do too much naming. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but, you know, there is a way of needing to see that creates that, uh, okay, I I really see. It's Mm -hmm. not a glossing over. It doesn't also have to be either, right? Mm -hmm. So I really appreciate what you shared. Yeah. Any other comments, questions right here? Do you mind? Talking now about the um, individual components that we are, um, they're familiar. And Mm -hmm. there are times I've been lucky enough to experience, I think, the process of raft in the order, but I swear I've had it happen out of order as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. And it's very confusing mm-hmm. when that happens. Mm-hmm. So is it the same thing, just tumbled around, and I need to put it in order, or... Uh, um. I wouldn't, I, you know, putting it order in order doesn't feel like the right answer. I, I need a lot more information from you, but I would say that it isn't. So, I, for example, I might start recognizing something and working on allowing, and then I'm there allowing, and I realize I'm resisting. So then I have to go back. For me, I go back. Okay, I got to recognize resistance, right? And then sometimes, oh, it's whew, that's it. All I needed was that, and I'm trusting. I'm like, done. So, and then sometimes maybe, um, you know, it's like, there is, there isn't, doesn't, you know, maybe the mind's been contemplating something. And all of a sudden, you kind of have that image of all the pieces 
that are going into what's going on. So all of a sudden you're, you're in tease apart and you didn't even realize you had recognized anything. So I, I, I don't think it's like a specific order. I don't think you have to go back. I think it's just sort of knowing that there's these different parts of a process and that, that the mind processes it, you know, differently and in different ways and kind of accessing as you need each, each piece if needed. Does that make sense? Is that an answer that doesn't um, know? It, it, mm-hmm. It's it's helpful. I'm just try, I'm I'm trying to express the experience of um, f- finding myself in one of the steps. Yeah. And because I'm a rule follower, mm-hmm. my radar kind of goes up, and I think not because. I think it's the be all and end all and I have this formula and that's going to mm-hmm. fix everything but mm-hmm. it's a very natural process when it happens mm-hmm. but sometimes I'm convinced it happens out of order and it's just very confusing. What's confusing or do you have an example? Like how is it confusing to you? I'd probably have to give it a little more thought but I often find myself in a it it kind of looks like problem solving but i think it's the tease apart which you know i can't start at the end but somehow the person in me that wants to put things in order mm-hmm. goes there first mm-hmm. and then i back up into understanding how i got there in the first place mm-hmm. so i think i'm doing it the hard way mm-hmm. but um, all in, I believe it's the same components. But so having said all that, maybe I'm doing something else and I'm confusing it for what you're calling raft. What, what you just said, maybe try this on for a size. So maybe what would happen for me is actually to say, your mind is problem solving, looking at all the puzzle pieces, and then you recognize what the mind is doing. You've just, oh, look what the mind is doing. That's the recognition. That's the, oh, the mind is, like, look what's happening here. And then it's like, okay, so, uh, you know, are we in alignment with what's going on? How is it feeling? And the reason we might want to do that at this moment in the process would be, am I, is my mind overthinking? Is my mind overworking and problem solving? Because that's not really the point. It's not the the point is not to problem solve. The point is to have more like this view, like a wide view where you're taking in all the pieces, like all of it can be seen. Like oh oh okay, all of this is going on. It's like that, not like. This does that make sense? It's one more thing I'll have to think about. Yeah, and and you know, the most important thing is for you to just notice what you're feeling, what what's happening for you. So if this is going on and then you get confused, oh, confusion is here. Instead of problem solving, maybe it's really confusion. Oh, and then there's something that can just go, oh, and relax. Oh, let me be with this confusion. How does it feel to feel confused? 
And then you might have a different experience with the teasing apart, like, huh, let me just hold and feel what this confusion feels like, and, oh, this reminds me of being in third grade. You know, there might just be something that comes up. I'm not saying dig. (laughs) No digging. The answers will reveal themselves. But just like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, this is uncomfortable. Huh. All right. I can see that 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 was that was a big shift to then name just the confusion. It's helpful because I I think it's more a circular experience. Yeah. And I'm yep. looking at it as this, then this, then this. The way we're talking about it, but yeah. I mean, I end up yeah in circles. I mean, not in a bad way. I mean, like circles are good. Um, yeah, beautiful. It's um, that's right. And I, when I started listening to you, I thought it would be. I was hearing a linear explanation, mm-hmm. so I, I think I'm, I'm a little better off. But thank you. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I mean, who knows where the start is, right? The mind is, you know, that it's an ongoing process. So when the start is, I don't know, because it's I'm in it. I'm in the process. Yeah, yeah, beautiful, great, Caroline. Um, I'm less familiar with this practice, but uh, understanding it up until the trust portion, mm-hmm. and I under- in this description, insecurity is less intense. I'm understanding and recognizing what it is that I'm feeling that lets me relax a bit. Mm-hmm. But then it says I can trust this. What is it? Feels it- true. It feels true. Mm-hmm. So let's say I'm I'm feeling annoyed Mm -hmm. and I'm recognizing, okay, I feel annoyed now that I've seen it for what it is. Yeah. It's not as scary as it was. I know it's not a permanent state, but how is that trust? I don't get how that's trusting. Yeah. Great. Great question. So, um, to me in, in this example, so of the insecurity, there was this landing, um, and if I'm caught in the insecurity, there's a part of me that's working, like trying to figure it out. How do I not, what did I do? What did I do wrong? What do I, how do I, what does it mean? Like there's a certain chug, chug, chug to it, right? Like I'm, like, yeah, I just, that's what it feels like for me. Like the, the mind isn't resting, the heart isn't resting. And so if, you know, for me, when I, when this practice works for me with something, and sometimes it, it doesn't, right? After I've kind of seen all the, con- like in this case, let's go with my example, when I was looking at the insecurity and I'm seeing, oh, yeah, this is so familiar. This is such a familiar pattern. And it's like changing clothes, that, that doll metaphor, the, the stacking dolls. It's like, oh, there it is there, and there it is there, and oh, that was it then. And it's sort of like, okay, it's just happening again. It's just in a new outfit today. And that, that then makes me remember those things past, those moments, that clothing changed. And this will too, whether it's changed yet or not, 
I know it will, because I remember it changing. And when I see it in this way of the stacking dolls, I'm like, yeah, that's one part of my experience, but it doesn't, it's not all of me. It doesn't need to rule me. I don't need to act like that's who I am. So there's a sense of not identifying so much with the emotional experience. It's like, oh, insecurity is here. Again, this time it's wearing red instead of pink, you know, or whatever it is. So that, that I can trust. Those things I can trust because I know, I've seen it. I've done this dance before. I know what happens. And I also can trust that it's not who I am because I have lots of other experiences in the world that aren't insecure. I know that's not doesn't define me. It's one experience I have. That's it. And that I can trust too because I've had that experience. I know it. And so seeing it, stepping back out of it helps me see the pattern, see the components, and, and be a little bit free. Doesn't mean I don't still feel insecure, but I don't feel so identified and caught in it. I have a little bit more room for breathing through it and being less antsy about getting rid of it. Is that solving? Yes, I think that answers the question. I think it's trusting in the cycle, trusting in the practice, not trusting in the feeling. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like your explanation because this is new to me and I get the concept somewhat. Yeah. But what happened, like for some instances, you can get through it, okay? You can, you know what you're feeling, it wasn't that big. But those, those big situations that yeah. keep coming back, and I, and I tell you, I, I, there are a few right now that, I go through the process, and I'm one of those that processes late. It happened, and I'm like, what just happened, you know? And then I'm at home, I'm thinking about it, because I got an emotion. Yeah. So I'm going through it, and I'm at the point, I mean, I know how we got there with this incident, but it keeps resurfacing. Yeah. How, that's what I want to learn. Yeah. Is, yeah, how can I, I know it happened, I have a feeling why it happened or how we got there. Mm-hmm. I just want to just let it go and just say, okay, it happened. But I can't, it just keeps resurfacing. So uh, you may or may not want to accept this invitation. If you feel comfortable being vulnerable and open about this example, I could help you walk through the practice and we can see what happens. Oh. Well, I'm okay with it. Yeah, make sure you ask your... Just take a minute and make sure you check in. And know, give yourself permission along the way that if that changes for you, that you'll stop. Okay. That yeah. you, you, get, you get to decide what you share. You don't have to share details. You, can, you get to be and track, track your activation level. If you start to get really activated, then 
that needs to be named, and maybe that's, you know, just what gets worked with and allowed, and we step back. So if it's something that you're processing that's really big, you might not want to offer. That's funny, I feel it. <laughs> uh-huh. But you know what? I'm tired of it. Yeah. And I don't know how to I don't know how to get through it. So I'm at I don't know if I can ever be at peace, but just accept that that happened and let it go. Yeah. Well, again, just l- look at the word accept and ask yourself right there, what if I don't have to like I think that there's a feeling that comes with the word acceptance that's like that we can start to feel like we're endorsing or we're saying it's okay. All right. And I don't think it was okay. That's right. And you don't need to think it's okay. Yeah. Right? And so the invitation with the word allow is, you know, to not be in disagreement with your own experience. That I had this experience. It happened. And so I'm having this emotion because this experience happened. And so can I allow myself to be with the emotion so I can show up for me and and how I was impacted by this experience? Actually, I like the way you word in it. Yeah. I prefer to say allow because I don't accept what happened. That's right. And you don't have to. You don't yeah. have to endorse it, agree with it, forgive, you know, forgiveness is for you, but you could do whatever you want with that. But it's around, really, you've ha- you already had this experience, Myrna. Yeah. And to, to, to you know, not make yourself try and be okay with it, but rather to be with it. To be with the impact of it. And it will con- it will continue to resurface, I think, depending on the magnitude. That's right. And it's something that's hurtful. That's right. So I can be okay, and then it resurfaces. Yep. And then I feel bad again. And so, and look there, just in that looping, because there's like maybe, maybe, mm-hmm. a belief that it should be over. Maybe there's a belief that I'm not doing something right because it keeps coming back. Maybe there's a sense of expectation that if I did this right, I wouldn't be feeling this way anymore. Mm. And that's part of the teasing apart piece. Because then we start to see, oh, this is feeding into this. Part of what's going on and the reason it keeps coming up is because I'm, I think I should be over this. I don't want to be feeling this anymore. Yes. Yeah. And it's not that easy. And it's not that easy. And what happens when we don't want to feel something? It keeps coming back. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it kind of does. Because essentially we're not... So emotion, right? I love the word emotion. To emote, to move. It needs to move through. And that means we need to be willing to feel it because it has to, we have to feel it for it to be expressed. What happens is we, mm, yes. we start to feel it, it wells up. Mm, you know, there's this repression or this sense of, mm, you know, 
And then it kind of stops it from getting to go all the way through. So the emotions get frozen and stuck. And that's what happens with kind of quote-unquote trauma, right? Trauma is something that's unresolved, that yes. gets stuck in us. And it's, it, the healing through trauma really comes from the completion of allowing it to move through, but without us being, a vic- you know, being in, staying stuck in a victim space, mm-hmm. feeling at, you know, like we got out, we survived, we did what we needed to do, we can get ourselves resourced. And this practice that you're showing is can help. Yeah, yeah, it can. But you might need a, a mindfulness out loud companion to help you name and track how you're doing, or a therapist, or you know, you a, a you know mindful friend or something, or or journaling and writing, and so helping yourself writing it out can help the mind not get stuck in the loops because we can see the loops better when we're mm-hmm. writing it out. And and then this commitment to tracking your activation and not pushing yourself through to activation. If you're activated, you attend to the activation. Cuz think about when we're when we're like in a threat response, when we're feeling like we want to run, fight, flee, right, or uh, mm-hmm. freeze, or fawn. Are you familiar with the term fawning? Mm-mm. Fawning is like when um, you're in a situation where you feel threatened, and so you start to do the nice, nice, okay, sure, sure, I'll do what you want me to do kind of thing. Like this fawning, this sort of sense of giving in to like avoid the hostility or the People difficulty. Pleaser. What's that? People pleaser. People pleaser. Yeah. Fawning. You know, okay. I mean, it's it can work well, but if it leaves us feeling um, false, that's a great word. Mm. Yeah, if it leaves us feeling like we left some part of ourselves out, um, it tends to leave some residual. That's part of the situation. Yeah, part of it. Yeah, where I see, I can identify that that didn't help. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And that's, that's yeah. for me. That's often the piece that. It's very important to come back to and say, oh, sweetheart, I am so sorry. I did not stay true to myself. And I I want to stay true to myself. My intention is to stay with integrity. And so, you know, sometimes then... This, when you're doing this kind of processing, you you might also you ne- might need to talk out like what could I do instead? Mm-hmm. You know, how do I map a way through something like this for myself and see myself walking through it in a different way? Mm-hmm. And that's not so much the mindfulness, but that's you know that's part maybe part of what comes out of the practice of mindfulness because mindfulness itself. We're not trying to do all the problem solving. We're more trying to witness and see what's going on. And the attention that we bring to things in mindfulness has its own healing impact, its own capacity. If we bring the warmth of the heart, if we bring wisdom, just seeing things with the wise eye and the kind heart can be enough for things to melt. It can just be all it needs. And sometimes in life, there's going to be things that we need to do more work on. 
And that might be after you do the practice, you think, okay, this is what I want to work on. I need to get some ideas and resources and think through this and rehearse or practice or go see a therapist and scream about it. (laughs) It's not that simple, but you know what? What you just said was helpful. Great. Yeah, it's often not that simple. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Martha. Any other questions or comments at this point? We could shift to doing a guided practice if you want. Yeah? Does that feel ready? Anybody need to stand up and stretch and, you know, maybe take a little, just a short little break here? Okay, finding your meditation posture, coming back. Letting things settle. Just even even what has happened so far in this class, what we've shared, sort of witnessing the impact, noticing the impact, letting it be felt, and letting yourself come more deeply into your present moment experience. It really does help to feel either the feet flat on the floor or the support of your um, seated posture, the triangular posture, right? So really feeling the support, the foundation of support for yourself, for your body. I like this image of sort of giving my weight to the earth and feeling the spine, the strength of the spine rising up from the sit bones, up through the back of the neck, and the chin tilts down just ever so slightly, such that the very top of the head, the fontanella area, it's like if I could pull some hairs up just from the top of the head, that would reach up into the sky and there was just this sense of lift into the sky, just oof. So this relaxing of the muscles, the giving of the weight to the earth and the upright energy of the spine. And just taking some deep breaths here. And for the purposes of the practice that we're going to do together here and the timing, I want to invite you to take a look inside, kind of like recognizing what's present for you in this moment. And there might be many things, because, you know, many things can be going on at once. And of the things that you're aware of, can you choose something that feels reasonably easy to be with in this practice, in this room, with these people, right here, 
right now. And then this simple but clear recognition that can be like meeting eyes or it can be like saying, hello, name, I see you. Whatever feels right. And maybe even playing with different ways and noticing the impact, learning And as you make this connect, this recognition, is there a sense of allowing it to be present for you? Is there a sense that it's okay that it's sitting at your side? Or does it feel like your body wants to move away, lean away, pull back? If so, Recognize the resistance, the reluctance, whatever name there is for this, moving away, not wanting. And then bringing the attention into the body, what you've recognized and allowed whether it's resistance or the initial idea, feel it in the body. Where, where does it manifest? Where do you feel it? What does it feel like with this curiosity, a willingness to be touched by whatever it is, in a pure form, not analyzing it, but just this pure sensory experience. And when it feels right, you don't need to follow my guidance here, you know the rest. If it feels right, if there's clarity that there's maybe multiple things going on here. For example, the thing in the beginning and then the resistance. Right there, there's a teasing apart that has happened. And just allowing those both pieces to be seen. They can both be here. Again, in this very simple way, just allowing what has been seen and felt to have space. If this is a very simple thing, you're probably already ready to move into trusting. following what, where your practice is leading you. If it's more complex or a little stickier, know that 
it's okay to sort of see that some things that are coming up are bigger than others. Maybe they need a bigger chair. Maybe they need to be further away in the space. Sort of arranging things so each part has its own place in a way that feels settled, okay. There's a room for it all. So much room that it's easy to step back and kind of just maybe even have a sense of appreciation or awe for, oh, look, wow, no wonder, no wonder this has been stuck. And maybe, if it's appropriate, just taking a little time, resting your attention on each aspect that has been seen. And again, if you're in trust, relax. Nothing else needs to happen. Not overthinking, not overanalyzing, more witnessing than anything else, being the hostess, allowing what has been arriving to arrive fully, to have its own space. And then, as the time is right, to sit back and look at your guests, the visitors that have come. And when it feels clear, reflecting on what the practice has brought to you, how mindfulness might be supporting you, how it might be something you can trust, how you might feel some sense of ease or nourishment with this witnessing, awareness, allowing, recognizing, And for the last few minutes of the practice, I invite you to see if you can't inhabit that space of trust. What can you trust? Nature, the practice, it not being permanent. What can you trust in this situation? What feels authentic and available? and letting yourself rest in that. 
And when you bow, if you bow, bow to the practice, to the Buddha, the Dharma, the Sangha, to what you've learned. So we have a few minutes left for anyone, if they're willing to share what happened, where you got stuck, what freed up, what wasn't clear. If anybody is willing to share or has something to share. This is actually a very powerful meditation for me. Um, my experience recently has been I'm hungry a lot. Mm. And it's difficult to find food that really satisfies me or makes me feel full, mm. especially at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And I was, as I was settling into my body, um, what I experienced was the source of the emptiness mm. and a sense of desiring to be to have weight mm. to not be invisible mm. to not be untethered mm. to not be floating but mm. to be connected to be heavy enough to be connected to the world and to myself mm. And once I got there, it was really interesting to look at that. And I, I kind of flipped back to many years ago, maybe 40 years ago, and I felt the same way. And how my experience then, my answer then, was to just stop seeing. Mm-hmm. To just close my eyes, in a sense, to freeze. Mm-hmm. And to just go through life by just doing whatever it would take to have a sense of substance. Mm. And it was interesting to look at how it's different now, how I feel differently now. And then I had an image, as I was inviting all aspects of it, of the self that feels empty and the self that feels weighted. And they were both the same self. Mm. So I began to sit with that. Nice. So all in all, I, I found clarity. And um, um, allowing it to just be as it is was very freeing. And also interesting. Beautiful. Thank you for blessing us with your sharing of your experience. It's really an honor to hear. Thank you. Hi. Um... I felt like I didn't get to the trust part at the end. I was just kind of stuck in the other parts. Mm -hmm. And almost like I 
I know I was definitely doing some active problem solving and to-do listing during Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Um, But then I also felt like as I was teasing apart, I'd then be like, oh, and then this brings a new, like, like takes me to totally different issue or thing going on. Yeah. Um, And so I don't know if that's, I mean, I don't know if jumping around is recommended or not and then also um i guess a more practical question is when you do practice this on your own is it helpful to have almost like a timer limit and be like see how far i get within this time or just like free flow during it yeah so thank you so much for sharing that and you're not alone in having that kind of experience um I think sometimes when we're really caught in something, when we're still chugging with it, it, it's really hard not to have the mind kind of just keep going back to like, oh, and then this, and then this. Um, So that's a process that is maybe just happening. And so then maybe what you do is say, oh, the mind is, let me recognize this. The mind keeps coming up with this and that and trying to figure it out. Just recognize, oh, I am in this working it out process. That's what's happening. And then the allowing is not go with the working it out process, but the, oh, what is it? Okay, that's what's ha- that is what has been happening. Okay. Can I feel what it feels like in my body that the mind keeps doing this? What is it? Where do I feel it in my body? What's happening? And then just sort of, oh, okay. Yeah, it feels kind of hard. You know, whatever it is that's there is like, yeah, there's this trying to figure it out. And this is what figuring it out feels like. And there's not a lot of Trust here is there. <laughs> okay. And just, just if you can, just simple enough with that. And then maybe if the mind is too busy to kind of, I want us to keep going, you just go, okay, okay, mind, okay. And, okay, let me just trust what I just saw. Let me just trust that I just saw how the mind is wanting to figure it out right now and that I see that it doesn't feel very good. And I can see how hard I'm working to try and figure this out. Can I just take some breaths with that? Is that helpful? Yeah, definitely. Great. And also for the, I guess, the timer question. Yeah. Is that, I don't know if it matters. But. <laughs> I think that's a great, if it's, yeah. if it's something where you're getting caught like this, great idea. Try it out. Like, how do you help yourself not stay caught? It might be you set the timer and it goes off in three minutes and you're, you're still in the middle of it. And then you go, oh, okay, I'm still chugging away. And you recognize, allow, feel it, and say, okay, I'm done with that for three minutes. I'm letting go for now. And that's okay. That makes sense. Thank you. Yeah. I think we have time potentially for one more comment or question, if, if there is one.
Great, Caroline. I too didn't quite get to the trust mm-hmm. because I was getting in the chugging. Um, yeah. And the not so much the to do, but like this concept of I must take action. Action must be taken morally, ethically, needing to do something and not knowing what that is. Yeah. But the anger, fear, change, uh, triad, sitting at the table and saying, okay, well, I'm, do I just, I, I can allow these feelings to be there, but mm-hmm. shouldn't I also take action? Mm-hmm. And that's where I was getting. So then back. I would just I would so then I would just do with you. I would just say just for the purposes of the practice. This doesn't mean you don't go out into your life and change things. Okay, that's fine. For the purpose of the practice, for trying to kind of just work with this, I would say okay. Right now, what I'm recognizing is I feel the urgency to do something. So can I sit with, for a minute, just sit with the feeling. Allow myself to feel what it feels like to feel like I need to get up and do something. Okay, yes, I can. Okay, can I feel what happens in my body? What's, you know, this energy, I've got to do something. What does it feel like? Let me just inhabit this and feel it and notice the tension, right? Just sort of like, okay, and uh, this is exhausting, or I, I feel like I have to do something and I feel powerless. Like just this sort of, this simple, when it comes up like this, just try and be simple. Need to do something, can't do something. Need to do something, don't know what to do. Need to do something, want to scream. Okay. Like, and at some point you'll feel like, yeah, okay, I've gotten it. That's what I'm feeling. Okay, then it's like, okay, I can sit down a little bit. I can sit back a little bit. Yeah, this is what's going on for me. And I do feel a sense of resolution or clarity or trust, a feeling of like, yeah, this is, you know, I don't know the answer, but this is definitely weighing on me. And this is the peace for me. It's it's not sitting in the suffering that you were in previously because you've, recognized it's sort of like you know it's a layering process it's a circular process right and it's this kind of we can get so focused on the content that we're not seeing our experience and so you know naming this part making the feeling that i need to do something really pronounced if if that's the key if that's the key issue that's going on right now, it can help it settle. Okay? Yep. Great. Appreciate your engagement, your sharing, your trust, your vulnerability, your commitment, your being here, your practice. May it be of support to you and your loved ones. And... Even the ants, 
and the birds and all beings.